are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter, at Kuka Hill NBA. You can find me over on YouTube, at Kuz Ballroom. You can also find me at Detroit Bad Boys, finding articles about the Pistons. And on today's podcast, guys, we're going to be capping a lot of things. This is going to be a lot of fun, I think. I'm I'm really excited to talk about all the things we have coming up on the podcast today. We're going to talk about Cade and Killian Hayes, assuming that they will not play tomorrow or today when you guys listen to this on Monday uh, in the final Summer League game. I believe I don't believe they're going. either of them are going to play. Killian's in concussion protocol, and Cade was just set out last game. So I'm pretty sure both of them are done. They will not play today. So we're going to recap their Summer League and talk about that, assuming that they are done. We're also going to talk about Luca Garza, who is becoming a quick fan favorite. And we're also going to talk a little bit about Sadiq Bey and his Summer League thus far as well. But first, we're going to talk about Killian Hayes and Kay Cunningham. So, like I just mentioned, Kay did not play last game due to coach's decision. Um, also, Killian Hayes did not play last game due to concussion protocol. He took a hit, which I missed uh, the game before that, this past game. It was on NBA TV, and I don't have NBA TV. So I was stuck watching on a stream that was in and out freezing and, and constantly stopping and then picking back up. So I, I didn't really even get to see where this play happened with Killian, where he hit his head until after the fact. Um, I didn't think he... Hit his head on the way down. It looked like he might have hit his head colliding with the player at first and then fell. Uh, but yeah, he's in concussion protocol. doesn't seem like too, anything too serious. He's just probably not going to play uh, the rest of Summer League, which will be actually today. today's last game anyway. So how do we think about their Summer League? So I guess first we'll start with Cade Cunningham. So Cade, I feel like Cade was basically close to everything that you thought that he was going to be. Uh, I feel like a lot of people may have had a little bit more little higher expectations of him scoring wise but I think he was he's averaging around 19 points a game uh, which is I that's why I have him averaging for his rookie season I have him around 19 20 points a game six rebounds six assists I believe he's hovering around six rebounds just not I believe he's averaging 2.4 assists a game in the summer league right now but all that doesn't really matter to me the box score stuff doesn't really like tell the full story of Kay Cunningham's summer league thus far so first I think that he is a pretty good playmaker um, he'd only averaging 2.4 assists or 2.7 assists, something like that. Uh, but that has nothing to do with like how good of a playmaker he actually is. Like the first game, we all remember when Pistons Twitter basically made Tyler Cook start trending on NBA Twitter because of how bad his hands were, trying to do the best down maker impression he could. Um, so yeah, that that happened the first game, and then outside of that, I believe there was a game that the Pistons outside of Cade Cunningham shot three of 25 from deep as a team outside of Cade. I believe this was the game he shot four of nine from the field. Uh, not from the field, from three-point range. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So they shot, yeah, three of no, three not three of 26 from deep outside of Kay Cunningham. I mean, this is the game against the Houston Rockets. So they haven't been hitting shots. They haven't been catching passes. Once you get them around some better players like Jeremy Grant and the rest of the team uh, in the regular season, his assist numbers will go a little bit higher. Uh, that's one. So I, I think I saw enough from him playmaking wise to be happy about. Secondly. If you want to talk about one criticism, and not even a criticism, but something I, that he needs to improve on, I feel like you have to say this about a lot of young players, 
and it's not even really a big deal. It's not it, like it's not a big deal at all. So simply like noting, like yeah, he's gonna have to get this is gonna have to get better moving forward. It's, he's just gonna need to get stronger uh, as his career gets going. Uh, probably like next offseason, you'll see a little bit of a difference. Uh, but there was a couple times in summer league that you saw him get bumped off his spot a few times, or a lot of physicality came his way, and it, it kind of shook him up a little bit when going up for his shots. Uh, he started to adjust to it a little bit as the summer league started going on, which is good to see. Uh, but yeah, definitely the physicality. He wasn't strong enough in a lot of situations. He lost the ball a lot of times in the pick and roll because of it. Uh, it kind of knocked off some of his passes as well. Uh, kind of had him forcing some things that he probably wouldn't normally uh, force if he felt more comfortable. But he's only 19 years old. He looks like he's about 200 pounds. Not He might even be less than 200 pounds. I was on Lockdown NBA with Josh Lloyd, and he mentioned there was a report or he he had been hearing something about him possibly being under 200 pounds uh, this offseason. He needs to get back up to where they had him at, like, what was it, 215, 220? Uh, yeah, he definitely needs to get back stronger. That's something that needs to happen because he does get bumped off the spot a little bit now. Not that big of a deal. Usually a lot of young players have to, like I said, but definitely something to watch for in the coming years. Uh, but outside of that, his jump shooting, really off the marks. Uh, off the charts, I should say, not off the marks. Uh, he had a game when he hit seven threes recently, his last game in the summer league. He looked really good. I mean, I, I really liked what I saw from Cade. Cade looked like the number one overall pick. Uh, he's not going to shine as much, I guess, box score-wise in the summer league. That's just not the type of player Cade is. He's going to make his teammates better. He's going to be good all around everywhere, and he's just he's going to help your team win games. And that's something that's going to be resembled in the regular season, not so much in the summer league. But individually, I liked what I saw from Cade. Moving on to Killian Hayes. Uh, basically, Killian, quite literally, I'm, I'm not over-exaggerating with this, quite literally everything inside the three-point arc, I feel like has improved with Killian from what we saw in the Summer League. You can see that he's trying to be more explosive, more assertive uh, with his drives. He had a he had one or two drives, which you obviously not that many, uh, but you definitely want to see that tick up a little bit more. But he had one or two drives when he went straight into the big men drawing con- contact to get to the free throw line. Uh, he showcased his runner. He showed that he was more willing to take that mid-range pull-up which looks really nice. I don't think he missed a single uh, mid-range pull-up, if I can remember correctly. Every every single one I can remember he made. Uh, but yeah, basically everything inside the two uh, inside the three-point arc, he looked pretty good at. Uh, playmaking, obviously Killian is Killian with the playmaking. There's not too much to take away from there. He's pretty good at that, uh, if you watched him at all last year. He's pretty good at that. Uh, defensively, he was a pest. Uh, he was all over the place, really bullying guys. And I expect that to kind of happen in the summer league for guys that just aren't really as NBA-ready and... And as strong as K or not K Killian, uh, Killian really started bother Jalen Green a lot with how much bigger and stronger he was. Uh, but yeah, defensively he was really off the charts. I think as well. It's really only thing that he needs to improve on, in my opinion, is continuing to be assertive, continuing to be aggressive, trying to get all the way to the rim. I like his floater. His floater goes in a lot. Uh, last year it was one of his best uh, shot selections. Um, I honestly should have that pulled up on synergy. I remember tweeting it out earlier this season about how he did on his floaters but I like his floater but I still would like to see him try to get all the way to the rim and draw contact on free throws I feel like he's still acting like he's not I feel like he's still kind of somewhat in the summer league acting like he's that weaker guy from last year and he's much stronger now he can take that contact so I feel like he really should try to start doing that um as the season comes on but outside of that, yeah, he just needs to work on that. And his, obviously his outside shot. His outside shot looks good when he gets his feet set, but it usually takes him a little bit to get his feet set. Uh, that one crossover move that he had this past game he played in that was circulating all throughout Twitter and made it onto ESPN, that was a dope move. But even then you saw like the jump shot looked good once he got his feet set, but it did take him a little bit to get his feet set. So it's definitely a work in progress. 
Um, that's definitely somewhere he has to work on. But outside of that, I think him and Cade both showed things to be happy about. Killian showed improvements. His body completely has transformed, which is huge. He looks more aggressive. He's his jumper looks better in within the three point arc. Floater looks good. Uh, yeah, I th- I think both of them look pretty good in their summer league uh, appearances. Let me know what you guys think. I I think they both gave us reason to be happy about them. But when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about Luca Garza and his performances thus far and what to what to expect from him in the upcoming season in his NBA career. Possibly, we'll also talk about Sadiq Bay and his performance thus far in the summer league. But before we get into all that, let me tell you guys about a few of our sponsors. What's the deal, guys? There are some things in life that you just don't really want to talk about. You know, issues in a relationship, family problems, or more importantly, sweating through your t-shirt in the public for no reason when out with the boys. Yet, you heard me right, everyone has been there, including myself. Simply wearing deodorant doesn't help it either, but sweat block antiperspirant wipes can help. Sweat block is doctor created and doctor recommended. You simply apply it at night before bedtime and go to bed. Then wake up the next day and do your normal routines like nothing ever happened. Except this time, without the worry of sweating through your t-shirt. Sweatblock works for up to 7 days per use and has a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep your shirt dry, you get your money back instantly. If you or someone you know is dealing with this worst issue in life of sweating through your t-shirt, tell them all about Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on. Again, get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Get sweatblock now and stop sweating. So, you're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as 1, 2, 3. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately, reduces hiring time by 27%. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com locked. Again, go to Indeed.com locked for a $75 credit valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. So let's go ahead and dive back into some Summer League basketball here. So I hope you guys are having fun watching the Summer League. I did not watch the last game. I went back and rewatched some of it. Um, what was this? Who was this last game against? I forget even who it was against. Once they said Killian Hayes and Kate Cunningham were out the game, I'm not going to lie. I'd, oh, against the Lakers. I had no interest in it. The only guy who I figured to be on the roster uh, on this Summer League uh, team right now, outside of those two guys, is Saban Lee and Sadiq Bay, and I'm just not sure how much Saban Lee is really going to play anyways. And I'm, I got to be honest, like I told you guys a few podcasts ago, I got enough Saban Lee action in that one, the first two games, enough to save me for my life. Uh, and no, it is not my, I do not have to watch every single Summer League game. If it's the NBA games, okay, fair enough. I can go back and watch Summer League games. It's Summer League, it's not that, it's not that damn important, I'm, I promise. But anyways, let's talk about Luca Garza, who is quickly becoming a fan favorite with the Detroit Pistons. First of all, his dad has made it absolutely impossible to hate him. His dad's constantly active on Twitter. His dad's constantly tweeting all of us, including myself, uh, tweeting all the big names in Pistons Twitter, videos of Luka working his tail off, uh, uh, training videos from the offseason, uh, highlights. Like he's just He's integrated himself in the Pistons Twitter very, very much so. And he's made it to where it's very hard to dislike Luka Garza. Everyone loves Luka. Um, I, you guys remember when we had Bryce on the podcast from Motor City Hoops, 
a few weeks ago before the draft, and he had a, a mock draft where he drafted Luka Garza, and everyone was pissed off at him. Everyone was spazzing on him. Oh, how the tide has turned, because now everyone absolutely loves him. But let's go ahead and talk about some of his performances in the G, in, not the G League, in the Summer League, and what I think about him moving forward this season for the Pistons. Does he get a roster spot and his NBA career, etc.? So, no doubt, Luka has looked impressive offensively in the Summer League, okay? There's no doubt about that. I, like, there's nothing else I can really say about that. He's hitting threes at a really good uh, percentage. He's working it inside. He's hitting his free throw. He's drawing contact. Um, this last game against the Lakers, he grabbed 14 rebounds, which Bryce, once again, from Odyssey Hoops, accurately pointed out on the podcast last time he was on, that that's one of the areas that he could really use to try and make it to where if he's not going to be that big of a defensive impact, he has to be active on the glass and really swallow up boards and not allow second chance opportunities. So he did a good job of that last game against the Lakers. Um, he had a game against the Knicks too when he had 12 rebounds as well. Uh, he had another game against, oh wait, no, that, this is the game against the Lakers as well. Uh, yeah, so he had two games with double-digit rebounds. He's doing his job on the offensive end and trying, definitely trying to get active on the glass. You can tell that his effort is off the charts. His hustle, effort, uh, his his motor, 100% constantly going. He never is not going 100%, which is absolutely fun to see. And combine that with his that, it makes it absolutely impossible not to reform. However, I, I seriously do still question whether, well, first off, let me just say, I think he gets a two-way spot. Let me start off with that. I think he gets a two-way spot with the Pistons. I, I'm not sure if he gets an actual roster spot. Uh, right now, I believe the Pistons are sitting on 16. It's kind of confusing. I went through, I believe I counted 16. I believe, But that's not counting. I think they have to waive somebody, and then they also have one two-way contract available, I believe, if my counting is correct. I, one of you guys may correct me. Uh, one of you guys who always listens, Kyle, you guys, you're always quick to correct me. So if I'm wrong on that, definitely tweet me and let me know I was wrong on that. But I believe I counted right 16 spots right now. Someone has to get waived, and then there's a two-way contract. Or one of those guys could be converted to a two-way contract to make it 15. Actually, I think that's what it is. Anyways, um, I think he's going to get a two-way contract is basically what I'm saying. And moving forward to his NBA season this year, I just don't think... The thing with Luka is that... Now, I kind of talked about this on the last podcast on Thursday last week. And it's just that, yes, he's very talented offensively. You cannot deny that. He's really impressed offensively in the Summer League. But I feel like if you talk to people before the Summer League... He was the guy that everyone thought would really dominate summer league. Like he would be really good. Like he's the type of player that would do good in summer league. The type of player who, you know, teams aren't going in the summer league scheme against you defensively, or like really try to get you out of your zone defensively. Like, like how easy it is to be to do that against Luka Garza, I should say. You give him in space, try to work him in the pick and roll, etc. Like teams aren't going to scheme for that in the summer league. It's not that serious. And also, if you're like just a really talented guy who happens to be stronger than guys, you're really just going to overpower them because they're not NBA players. And especially if you're as talented as Luka Garza was, he was the national what was he the national player of the year in college basketball. Like he's going to dominate guys who just simply aren't on that type of level, especially at his size and everything. And if he can shoot threes like he has been, overall his offensive game, like I said, it's just been really impressive. He's even had a few backdoor dimes that he's thrown. Those are really impressive to see. Really nice to see. He's a better passer than I thought. He showcased that. His entire offensive game really looks polished, and he could probably even get better there. So that that's really good to see. But like I was saying, it's just defensively, I really just don't see a route for him where he becomes passable enough defensively to warrant playing time rotate like every night. Uh, it's just he really is that slow. Like once again, I'm not rooting against him. If there's one guy, if, like I said, I said this to you guys last year about Isaiah Stewart. If there's a guy to root for, it's the guy who has an insane work ethic, 
really knows his weaknesses, works hard at his weaknesses, is self, self-aware, and like I said, just works really hard and grinds work ethic nonstop. That's the kind of guy you want to bet on. So if I get why Troy River wants to bet on Luca Garza because he 100% has that. But just keeping it a buck fifty, keeping it real with you guys. He really is that slow laterally. Um, he's not that smart defensively either, at least from what I've seen so far in the summer league. He can improve in these things, hopefully. But like he, from what we've seen so far, he's really behind IQ-wise, I believe, defensively. He's slow moving his feet, really slow. Like He's lost pounds. He's gotten in better shape. He's definitely better than he was in college, obviously. But he's still pretty slow moving his feet. Um, he jumps at a lot of things. He's kind of stopped. He kind of got better with that as the summer league went on. But still, he kind of jumps at a lot of things. Um, there's a lot of times... Uh, Hal, who we've had on the podcast a lot, make sure you guys follow him on Twitter. But on Twitter, he does a lot of clips and showcases this a lot. That there's a lot of times where people will drive to the rim. It's not even the fact that Luca's not blocking it or like really like challenging at the rim. He's just simply too slow to really get over to that side of the rim and even contest it. He's just too slow to get over there. So it, I, it's just really hard for me to see because I feel like teams are really just going to put him in the pick and roll every time. I don't see how you scheme against that. You can put him in drop, but I just don't see. I, I don't think he's even capable enough of doing that kind of thing, you have to be pretty good at run drop. It's not as simply as just put him in drop coverage because then you're just going to... The thing that makes Brooke Lopez and the Bucks really good at it is that, they, one, they have length around him, so it really makes passing angles hard to find. Um, also, they have guys who are really good at recovering in that kind of thing. I guess Killian Hayes and Kate Cunningham could be pretty good at that. But also, Brooke Lopez does a pretty ga- damn good job at, at like contesting floaters and going straight up, and he's really long. He's like seven foot two with like a, what, seven foot six wingspan. So it's like he, he goes straight up. He knows how to contest floaters, contest the, the lob around the rim. He's athletic enough for that. He's Brooke Lopez isn't no slouch athletically, basically what I'm saying. You still have to be pretty damn athletic and, and pretty good defensively to run drop. You can't just run drop and say, oh, there you go, call it a day. So I, I just think it's really tough to see a route where he does that. I think he has to become otherworldly offensively for him to to like make up his defense. And I'm talking about like Dirk Nowitzki type of thing on offense. Like and that's going to be hard to do. I don't think it's fair for him to ask anybody to be like Dirk Nowitzki kind of thing on offense. It's not fair to expect that out of Luka. I'm just saying that he, it, it would take that kind of effort offensively to balance out what I believe his defensive ceiling is to warrant playing time consistently on a rotation, on like a playoff team. And who knows? Maybe he could be one of those guys who plays a lot during the regular season and constantly in the rotation. And then when the playoffs come around, he just gets cut completely out the rotation. That could be it. Because while defenses obviously scheme against you in the regular season, it's nowhere near to the level of the playoffs. You can get away with it a little bit in the regular season. So he could be like one of those players. I don't think it's going to happen this year, obviously, with Olenek and Isaiah Stewart. I think he's the kind of guy that Troy River does want to bet on uh, because of work ethic and how hard he plays and his motor and his self-awareness. Like You've seen all that through the summer league, and you have to give him a ton of credit for getting himself in this condition that he's in right now with how good he is offensively. And seriously, I want to say one more time, the the not the effort, the, um, the shape that he's in, you have to give him a ton of credit for it. He's in a hell of a shape right now. He's in, he's in really good shape right now. And the motor that he plays in, I, I can't compliment him enough. He, I'm rooting for him, for real. I really, does, I really do hope that he like finds somewhere on defense to where he can at least be passable because offensively he's really damn talented. He just needs to find somewhere on defensively that he can, like, I don't know, he can try to, like, hang his hat on. He has to try to become passable some way. I'm rooting for him. It's hard to see that route because of his just the way he is athletically and his limitations. But he's extremely talented in offense like we've seen so far. 
and I, I understand why a team would want to bet on him. He definitely is extremely talented, and we're all rooting for him. He's a fan favorite. I love watching him play, especially his shit talking that he does. <laughs> I really like it. So yeah, man, I, I'm rooting for Luca. He's been impressive in summer league, but whether that translates to the regular season, I, I'm not so sure. I don't. I don't think it's going to immediately, or and it's going to be really hard to see it happening uh, in the next few years unless he just really improves defensively. Like I said, um, coming back. We're going to talk about Sadiq Bey, and you guys know where I'm going to go with this with Sadiq Bey, except this time, now we have even more proof and even more stats to back up the things I've been saying about Sadiq. And we're going to give him some credit as well, but we'll also, I, I really just want to talk about some of the things I've been hammering on for the last few months about Sadiq. But before we get into that, let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, rockio.com. You ever need a part for your car, head to the store, go through a ton of confusing questioning, just for one of the workers to tell you they don't have the part that you're looking for? I know I have. That's why you should avoid all these problems and rock with another one of our sponsors, rockauto.com. Find whatever part you're looking for on your phone or on your computer using rockauto.com. Don't worry about having to create an account or making a membership. Just head over to rockauto.com and start shopping. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest and most reliable prices. Head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And then let me tell you about your guys' favorite sponsor, Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar on the planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors, including six new flavors in caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All flavors are covered in incredible tasting chocolate and are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. A flavor I suggest is the pre and butter flavor. Packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So go try the Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Can I just say that like I was listening to the podcast from when I first started and literally if I could just like... If I could just describe to you guys like how I was when we first started the podcast, and thank you, I've gotten so many like good comments. Except there's one guy who keeps like spamming our reviews down below. You guys can probably see it. He keeps spamming me with reviews, and like I- I'm not going to say what I think it's really about, um, but definitely that dude needs to chill out. Uh, my my fiance really wanted me to say something about it, but that dude, he's the one guy who keeps like spamming my our reviews and keeps spamming me with messages saying stuff about. Saying stuff about it. But anyways, outside of that, I've gotten nonstop good reviews from you guys. I've gotten nonstop good messages from you guys over the past few weeks. And I appreciate you guys sticking with me through the tough time when I first started. Because, man, I listened back to my first, some of my first podcasts when I first started. And, man, I, I remember being in my room sweating, burning hot, just, like, so nervous and, and just stuttering over everything. Like, I couldn't, I, like, I couldn't even... <laughs> keep a straight face i was down i was just sweating the entire time i listened to some of the ad reads i was doing i was like man my god that <laughs> that was pretty bad so I, i've come a long way in these few months and thank you guys for sticking with me because i think it's a lot of fun a lot of fun now and i'm definitely coming into my own i think we're having a lot of fun but anyways sadiq bay so uh, <laughs> uh one of my friends just tweeted at me my fault my fault i got distracted i put some i put a picture i took a photo shoot today with my fiance. And I posted on Twitter, and one of my boys just tweeted something funny at me. Uh, my fault. Got distracted. Uh, back to Sadiq Bey. So Sadiq Bey, he's been given a bigger role in the Summer League. No doubt. That makes sense. Summer League is about putting you in uncomfortable positions, giving you the keys to do some things that you wouldn't normally be able to do 
in the regular season, try to test your limits, see if you've improved on things, etc. It makes sense. However, after the first game, all of you guys were spamming me with, oh, look, he's improved inside the arc. He can become an off-the-dribble guy. Like, you see how much he's worked on? You see how much he's improved on it? Yada, yada, yada. Like, first of all, let me just say, he no doubt you can see that he's worked on it. Like, I'll give him credit. You can no doubt see that he's been working on it, okay? He's flashed some moves every now and then. But, like I, I mentioned the guy before uh, earlier on the podcast, I'll mention him again, Hal, he's been pointing it a lot. Pointing this out a lot. Uh, he's another one of those really good film guys. Break down some stuff. He, he's really good with that. Um, one, a lot of these moves that you see Sadiq Bey pulling off uh, are long, drawn-out isos that, one, he's never going to have in the NBA. And two, NBA defenders are just not going to fall for these things. They're not going to like allow some of these things to happen. Um, that's one. Two, even with him showing some of these improvements with this, th- these improvements that you guys say he's having, with finishing inside the lane or creating off the bounce for himself, etc. all these things. Let me just go through the last three games for the Pistons and, and read you guys something, okay? So, against the Houston Rockets, Sadiq shot 4 of 11 from the field, okay? He shot 1 of 6 from deep. Against New York, Sadiq Bey shot 6 of 14 from the field, 2 of 7 from deep. Against the Los Angeles Lakers, Sadiq Bey shot 5 of 14 from the field, 1 of 8 from deep. So... He's not doing good with this. It's He's not actually improved in this area. Okay, this is not something he's going to be able to do in the NBA. Uh, and this is why, for me, like, I get why this was made to ha- And once again, actually, let me give credit for this real quick. Because in this past game against the Lakers, he did make a lot of passes. He had six assists this game. I have to give him a ton of credit for that. Because I have been constantly on him about how he doesn't pass the ball and his passing is just really... His, his, his processing is just really bad, etc. Like, all that thing. So when he does showcase, like... The ability to make the simple pass, which he did against the Lakers, I'll give him credit for. He did really good with that against the Lakers. He had six assists, led the team, I believe. Him and uh, this dude named Francis led the team and assists. That, his, that other guy doesn't matter. But anyways, yeah, Sadiq did a good job of making the simple pass against the Lakers. However, what I was saying was, this is why when you guys listen to this podcast leading up to the Summer League, my, what I wanted to see from Sadiq was not this. I did not want him... I like the things I want. Like once again, it makes sense why they had him do it. it. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. The Pistons are stupid. Blah blah blah. I'm just saying the route they took with it is not the route I wanted to take with Sadiq. Well, I would have rather them see just like they did with Cade and Killian, how they were playing them off ball a lot, trying to get them ready for the regular season, trying to warm them up, gel together, try like you know they're going to play off ball a lot. So you're playing them off ball. You're going to try to get them ready for the regular season. I would have liked to see them do the same thing with Sadiq. I don't see him handling the ball a lot during the regular season. That's not going to happen. I would rather them try to tell him, listen, you're a good player. You can, If you maximize this role of a 3 and D guy, if you can maximize that type of role, you can be a really damn good player for a long time. You can be a starting level player in this NBA for a long ass time if you do that. And I would have the I would have taken, like I've told you guys before the Summer League, was just play him in that route or in that role, try have him work on the things to help him maximize that role, which is making the basic pass, like making the basic read. If the shot's not open, making that quick swing pass, making that quick dump off pass, like doing those kind of things, those high IQ level plays, helping them trying to showcase those things, help them maximize that role in the summer league against lesser competition and help him, try to help him with his processing and his, and his basic, basic passing, re- passing reads, I should say. So that's the, that's what I would have wanted to do with them. Instead, they took the route of, here you go. We know you've been working on off-the-dribble game. Go ahead and try to do it a lot in the summer league. See where it takes you. And like I just read you, it has not worked. It's, he has not looked that good at doing it at all. 
He's had flashed every now and then. It gets the fans hyped and everything. But like I said, 5 of 14 against the Lakers. Um, 6 of 14 against the Knicks. What is this one? Um, wait, where is he at right here? 4 of 11 against the Houston Rockets. Okay, it's just not... He hasn't looked all that impressive with the ball dribbling uh, inside the arc, getting to the rim, finishing around the rim, uh, finishing, ha- having moves within the three-point uh, line. Like, all that, he's not actually looked that good with it. Um, I really hope that this shows Sadiq. Like, these stro- I hope the Pistons basically go back to him and be like, listen, we know you worked on this, but like I said, if you just simply maximize this role that we have for you, you can be a really damn good player for years to come, a starting NBA player. And I don't get, like, before we end the podcast, a lot of you guys get mad. Like, I feel like some of you guys obviously understand what I'm saying. You guys vibe with it. I've had you guys hit me up and say that. But a lot of you guys get mad because I say that he's a 3 and D guy that can be a starter for a long time. You guys understand, like, 3 and D guys, like, I, I get why that may have, like, a negative stigma to it because you basically everyone gets called that nowadays. So you may, like, get, like, I don't know. But, like, that's a really damn good player. Like, I'll continue to bring up this player right here, and they don't play anything I like. They're, they're different bodies. They, they, this guy has a lot more athleticism than Zadik, but they, they fill the same rules. Like, Mikhail Bridges, he's really damn good, and he's, he's filled in that role nicely. He knows that that's the role that he has in the NBA, and if he maximizes that role, he can be a damn good player. Like, there's nothing wrong with being that type of player. If Sadiq does that, he can be a, lo- a great player for a long time. So I think that what happens from the summer league, which was showcase, and maybe this needed to happen. So Sadiq could realize, like, listen, I, I just need to maximize this role and I can be a really good player. Uh, but, yeah, I, even even him dribbling, or, or not dribbling, but simply trying to create for himself off the bounce, I, I think it started to show that it was hurting his three-point percentage too. He was doing a little bit too much. Maybe he was a little tired. Maybe he was, like I said, doing a little too much. But he shot, what is this, 20% from, from three during the summer league? One of eight, two of seven? Uh, one of six, like he didn't shoot well from deep either. Like I much rather would just let Sadiq, like I said, just be a three and D guy. Just let him spot up, play defense, run the break. He was really good in transition. He was in the 90s something percentile in transition this past year for the Pistons because he did a really good job of running the wings. That's something he can really uh, take advantage of. He can get really good if he's really gets if he gets better at making the simple passing reads and making the right pass, and making the right basketball play over and over, along with him along with him being a 40% three-point shooter and a high volume and a really good defender, that's a top, like, 60 NBA player. Okay, that's a really damn good player in the NBA. And I think that's what he can do if he stops, if Sadiq stops and the fans stop and the Pistons eventually stop trying to give him this freedom or this leeway of saying, here you go, you can develop into this. I really don't think that's what his future is in the NBA. And I think we saw that in the summer league because it really... He just didn't really show that much of improvement on that. And, I mean, yeah, that's my takeaway from the Summer League. That's, that's why I'm, my, I know we have one more game, but my takeaway from the Summer League for Sadiq is he really just needs to maximize that 3 and D role. It was nice to see him try to do a lot of things off the bounce, but it's just not there. He just isn't going to be that type of player. He just, at least right now, I mean, I guess maybe next offseason you can try it again. Maybe he can keep going at this, and maybe he's just persistent, and eventually he breaks through like a few years from now. Maybe that happens. I think the best route with him just be maximize this role. He'd be a really damn good player. But we'll see. That was my takeaway from his summer league. But let me know what you guys think about all the things we talked about on the podcast today at Kuka Hill NBA or leave a review down below and let me know your guys' thoughts. I appreciate you guys for listening as always. Like I've said, I've said this a lot lately, but literally I just keep getting DMs and keep getting messages from you guys. It literally makes me feel as good as ever how that you guys are like enjoying the podcast. You guys are having fun listening to me. And I try to bring a lot of energy. I feel like you guys really accept that and like that. 
Um, I know that like before I came on, it was more of an older me. By the way, I mess with Matt a lot. This is I like I really mess with Matt. Uh, I met him at when uh, I was credentialed during the nineteen twenty season. He's a really good guy, a really cool guy. But I know it was a little bit of an older, more professional. I guess I would just say podcast before I came. I've tried to bring it back, bring come on here and bring it to like more youth. More young, more like fun, more like uh, what's the best word? Like spontaneous, trying to, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm not like the, some professional. Like I try to keep it fun with you guys. I feel like you guys are really enjoying that, and I, I really like to hear that. So I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Thank you guys as always for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed today's final summer league game. I believe against the Orlando Magic. I believe it is. I uh, hope you guys enjoy. It. And until the next podcast, I see you guys later. Peace out, everybody.